0: All is not lost for people who go to jail or prison. Today on Keeping It Real, I've got a conversation partner on with me, Tom Lennart. He's been involved with prison ministry for a number of years, and he will testify on a number of victory stories and how the living Lord has set people free even while being behind bars in a jail cell. He will also diffuse and squash the idea that people in jail should be written off or that there's no hope for them. Tom will give firsthand experience on where he serves in the local prison ministry near Seattle, Washington, as well as how he's served in prison ministries overseas in other countries. All the reasons to be tuned into this episode of Keeping It Real entitled, Jail is Not the End. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast. are we tired of fake stuff? Shouldn't we turn down a stale brand of living? It's time to open our hearts to Christ. It's time to keep it real. Here's your host, Ollie Gee. All right, welcome to another edition to Keeping It Real. I'm with a special guest here today with a very unique ministry that he's involved in, been involved with for a number of years. Tom Lenard, uh, my brother-in-law also. And he's been in the Colson Fellowship Prison Ministry for some time. Tom thanks for uh being on keeping it real here uh today on uh this episode of the podcast how long have you been in prison ministry and how did you get drawn to it in the first place
1: well first of all thanks for for having me it's a, it's an honor to be on your podcast and i and i appreciate you asking me and and, and i just wanted to say you know that uh, uh with regard to prison ministry 5 or 6 years uh been drawn to it uh, probably before that. So I've been actively involved five or six years, but drawn to it before that. And then when my uh, friend uh, went on a prison ministry and uh, showed me some of the pictures and, and uh, I said, you know, Lord's called me to this. So that's when I got going.
0: Cool. And so you've been involved with it for about five, six years and you are located in Washington state, Seattle, which is yes. a long ways away from uh, where I'm at here on the East Coast. But uh, prison ministry, uh, especially as, um, you know, the Colson pr- prison ministry, they're all over the place, right? Not even all over the country, but around the world too, right?
1: Yes, yes. And, and just to clarify, uh, you know, I'm part of the Colson Fellows Program, which is separate from the prison ministry, the prison fellowship that Chuck Colson put together. They separated in about 2012. And so I'm also part of a, a prison ministry which is called Prisoners for Christ. And that's really local. It's right in Woodenville. Uh, real close to my home um but i uh, i i'm not uh, actively involved with prison fellowship but their uh, sister uh you know branch of the Colson Fellows program
0: okay well thank you for clarifying that and for a listening audience if they're wondering what the loud booms are coming through here there's some nasty storms coming through here in Pennsylvania so wow. there was a, a a nice piece of thunder that just rocked my whole house mm, so oh man that's coming through the audio <laughs> But um, I wanted to read a passage of scripture because, I mean, I had not been actively involved in, pr- pr- in uh, prison ministry for any great length of time. But when I was in seminary, I did go to the uh, prisons a couple of times to go minister to uh, the folks in there. And it was astounding to me how actually, at least at that time or in that location, there were a number of people that were really Uh, looking to soak in what me and my one friend, we went and uh, they were really looking to soak in what we were telling them and um, really soaking in the scriptures. And it reminds me of a passage of scripture in the book of Acts, Mm -hmm. uh, where the apostle Paul was in Mm -hmm. prison Mm -hmm. uh, there, not for anything he did wrong, he didn't commit any crimes or anything. The people that were the legalists of that day deemed preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ a crime, which is why he was in there. Mm-hmm. But in Acts chapter 16, he finds mm-hmm. himself, along with this guy named Silas, he finds himself in jail. And the Bible says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, mm-hmm. there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, do, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were In his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God and all his household. Mm. In your experience, Mm -hmm. in going into the prisons there in Woodenville, which is a very populated suburb of Seattle, and I've been out there to see you a number of times. Um, in your experience, what has been the mindset? What is the attitude of most prisoners who are serving sentences there?
1: Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm glad you read that scripture. I have um, a national prison ministry. So I go to King County Jail and I, I minister to prisoners in the jail. Uh, and, and that's very different here. The, the prison in America is very different from international prison ministry. In, in, where i've done africa and, and nepal and uh, a, a number of other countries and I've been um been around yeah and africa is, an, is a continent but many countries in in africa uh but uh here in the states you know i think that just along the lines of the um past you just read uh oliver you know the guard knew that he had uh no option left he he had hit rock bottom he was going to die because of uh, the lack of being a guard, you know, according to the authorities that, that he would have to face. Right. And so he um, he, he said, what, what do I need to do, do to be saved? The, pris- the prisoners that come to the prison ministry sessions largely are there. They, they realize th- this is a critical, a critical step in our coming to faith is that we are sinners and that we 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 by ourselves cannot have, have nothing. We, the only thing that we have is Christ. Uh, and we do it our way. It just doesn't work. And, and, you know, how many times do I got to you know do the same thing again and again and, and uh, hope there's a different outcome. And, and the, so the ones that have administered to are there they're they're willing to receive the word. And that, that's a, a critical part of the process. Th- those that don't come, I suspect can be a whole gamut, just like in the, in, in the secular culture where right. it's everything from, I didn't do it. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to bend here uh, too, but th- those that are in, uh, are 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 ready to receive?
0: Mm, okay, and so you go in and you're ready to present the word of God, or you're 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 looking to to proclaim uh, the scriptures uh, to these folks. probably the highlight of their week. And how many do you sit with in a given shot? Is it just a select few, or are there as many as twenty or thirty that come? Or what what does that picture look like?
1: Well, it's really interesting. Um, here in the states again in the jail ministry now the jail is one that's a holding basically a holding tank they're getting they're ready to go to trial so it's not I don't go to the penitentiary here but it's just the jail and so it's a voluntary you can go if if uh, if you want and they say that, you know prisoners for Christ is here whoever wants to go and and we we have anywhere from uh, we've had as little as two uh, here in the states uh, in King County Jail uh, to up to about seven. But uh, uh, Oliver, internationally, uh, the the last time I was in Kenya, uh, I was standing before uh, 300 uh, prisoners. Um, So it was in the courtyard. So it was a a number of uh, prisoners.
0: Okay, so uh, location really dictates a lot then, probably a lot on what kind of crowd or how big the crowd is that you have coming out.
1: That's right. Yes.
0: Okay. so getting back then to uh, I want to follow up a little bit on the last question. Uh, what's the attitude of most prisoners of the ones that come and that mm-hmm. are willing to soak it all in mm-hmm. and and they're attentive and maybe they're asking questions it, you know, do they just simply look forward to you coming back again the next time or do they have opportunity to search the scriptures on their own? Maybe they're getting out of jail within the next few mm-hmm. months or few mm-hmm. years? are they mm-hmm. looking forward to uh, going on the outside that I think a lot of prisoners talking about, you know, instead of being in that they, they want to be on the outside or when they get to the outside, they're thinking about, you know, just prisoners in general are thinking about all the things that they're looking to do. You know, are they looking to get back into the drug scene again? Or what? what's the next crime they're going to commit? Or are they going to look to stay clean? They just want to stay out of trouble. These folks that are looking to soak in the word of God, what is their mindset as they look forward to becoming a free?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, uh, what, what we have is that when when they come to the uh, session with a Bible, and uh, they've been studying, they know they they know the Word. Um, it's very clear to me that they're they're interested. They're they're wanting to to come closer to the Lord, and uh, so uh, their mindset is that uh, in in the walls or outside of the walls, it, it doesn't matter. That freedom is 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 derived only through Him, uh, independent of location, and uh, and so we have that kind of an attitude. You know, here in the states, for instance, you're going to get a lot of uh, well, uh, some minority of uh, prisoners just come because they want to get out of their jail cell uh, to come to a, a session, Yeah. Um, and they won't be as much interactive. But we do a full Bible uh, a church service where we we, we sing, uh, we we present a testimony, uh, a short sermon, long sermon. We uh, have an altar call, so we do the whole thing.
0: Mm, well, uh, that sounds. Uh, really intriguing. That's uh, cool that you don't just limit it to a, a sermon or, you know, where the expert Christian comes in and talks to folks that are on the inside, and it becomes that that kind of, of an environment, but it's actually all-inclusive, it sounds like,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: where the folks join in or the prisoners join in and singing and participate, which is uh, definitely a picture of the New Testament as well. Um, You know, we get this idea in modern day Christianity where, you know, things are supposed to go a certain way according to a program as it's laid out in a bulletin and we really don't find that in the New Testament. So when you go to the jail cell and Mm -hmm. these folks are, as you say, they're not Mm -hmm. even waiting for a day to get on the outside. They Mm -hmm. count themselves as being Mm -hmm. free in Christ. Mm -hmm. That already is a big, huge step. Mm -hmm. What is your approach, Tom? Upon going into a situation, Mm -hmm. talking to people about Jesus. I mean, is this something that you know what you're going to address based off of prior sessions that you've had with the prisoners? Or are you just ultimately, um, you know, looking to go into that one session and have its own unique identity and waiting for the Lord to lead you? Are you waiting to see maybe what they want to what song they want to sing or what they mm-hmm. want to discuss regarding the scriptures? What's your mm-hmm. approach going into a session?
1: Well, we certainly do ask uh, if there are any questions uh, at some point in the service, just to make sure that any questions that they have, we could uh, attempt to answer. But uh, then we go into a testimony, a short testimony. And most of this is translated as well, because you'd be in the, in the foreign language or the local language. And in prison, to show the vulnerability that they want to accept Christ into the life, is a big deal. And when one man, if one man walks forward, then we'll get uh, another man and then another man. And in the international prison ministry, we have uh, as many as 20 or 30 that will come up. They bow down and then we we turn it over to the, uh, the local uh, minister, uh, prison ministry uh, minister, and he'll say a prayer in their language. And it's a very passionate an explosive prayer. Meanwhile, we're putting our hands on the heads of these men and praying for them. And uh, there's a couple of young men in Kenya that were just uh, just tears were rolling down their face, and they were accepting Christ. Mm, wow. So it, it's it's pretty emotional. But uh, but then Oliver, after that, then we pray for the church. And the and there's a church actually within the prison, and we ask the the um, leaders of that church to come forward and say, okay. Uh, you know, leaders, you you have now this church in the prison, you've got new disciples, but you need to do the discipling. So we're going to make a, have a prayer for you that you can disciple these uh, new, uh, the, these new prisoners that have come to you and, and be able to bring them uh, forward in their faith. And so, and then at the end, we give humanitarian aid and a soccer ball. The soccer ball is key. They love the soccer ball. You
0: know, so, yeah, I would imagine so, especially over there. That's, uh, that's like uh I think everybody in all parts of the world recognize what a soccer ball is. Yes. What are some of the responses? If, or maybe you can describe for the listening audience a little bit. Have there been any specific responses that you've gotten? Say maybe one on one from a prisoner. Have you? Uh, does that ever happen? You have a chance to talk to somebody uh, about, you know, what transpired, and then talk to them kind of. You know, rub shoulders with with an individual prisoner and talk to them further about the Lord and encourage them. And maybe they even turn even have encouraged you.
1: Yeah. You know, the the answer is that in most scenarios, things are so tight in the jail system in the states uh, that we don't have a chance to talk one on one with many prisoners. Uh, there can be exceptions in, 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 in what you're describing. I haven't had that occur in the states uh, internationally, uh, we're in contact constantly with the, the prison minister that's outside, that the ministers to the, the many multiple different prisons in the country. And uh, they are constantly letting us know uh, the miraculous um, occurrences that are occurring with the, the prisoners, them coming to faith is kind of the fruit for me is when a prisoner is um, released from prison and then turns right around and devotes his life to the prison ministry. And he goes with the prison minister to these prisons. And that's what he does for his life.
0: Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty exciting. Is um, that kind of leads me to my next question, which is, is there a testimonial where a prisoner upon getting out, uh, totally looking to live for the Lord as a result of coming to know Christ?
1: Yeah, there is. And again, um, we, we don't, Unfortunately, we don't get as much feedback uh, with the, the jail system because <clears throat> that's a pretty transient kind of situation, and we don't get um, repetitive prisoners coming because typically it's it's a like I said a holding tank and they're and they're gone uh, from month to month. But uh, internationally, uh, we have multiple examples of the prisoners coming to the Lord and then uh, getting out and either being part of the prison ministry or starting their own church uh, and uh, being uh, you know. Uh, associated with a prison minister, but just starting their own church in the community uh and growing the church. Uh and uh the Lord, you know, blesses them mightily uh in, in that. Uh so absolutely we get that kind of positive um that kind of positive feedback.
0: Well that certainly is very exciting and amazing. Uh what would you say is the big difference? Because now I've seen you distinguish clearly between the jail system here in the States in the jail system overseas. Uh, you cited Kenya as an example. Yes. Uh, what do you think is the big difference? Uh, you know, Or can you lay out for the listening audiences just a quick synopsis or a nice overview of what the difference is between those two systems? How is it that in the States, you have very little news of that because of how things are, however that is, and then you've cited some very specific things happening overseas where prisoners are getting out, they're getting involved then in turn in jail ministry, or they're starting churches and God's blessing them, the work, um, you know, their apostolic work, what have you. Mm. What is the difference? What's the, what, why can't that sort of thing happen here in the States?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think it, it it's a great question, Oliver. And in and, and part, I would have to say that um, my experience with international prison ministry and particularly in Africa, we have um, a, a people that um, are open to uh, a supernatural worldview. Mm. Uh, here in the States, we have uh, the problem is is that we know so much and we can explain everything away. And there are opportunities. Um, I hate to say the, the cliche, but we're kind of like fat cats. So when the prisoner gets out, even if he has a heart change, um, the, the, the culture is so pervasive that it makes it very difficult for a life change to occur, a true life change. I would refer to the parables of the soils, the different soils, and they have, you know, the roots aren't very deep, and the sun comes out, and, and that's what happens here. Uh, but it's, it's to do with a supernatural worldview, where in Africa, uh, they, believe, they believe that there, there's a, a supernatural change in their heart. Uh, And they pursue it. And they don't there may not be as many multiple options for them to get back into the crimes and the sorts of things that they they would easily be able to get back into here in the States.
0: Well, it's uh, well put. And I appreciate you elaborating on that and that answer. It's something that I've referred to often on this podcast is um, how here in the West, materialism has darkened and blinded the hearts of the, mul- of multitudes of people. Mm. Um, so I appreciate you drawing out how there are not at nearly as many options mm. for people overseas. They just don't have them. There's just, yep. there's no money. There's no uh, resources to bring the other opportunities about. Whereas here in the West, we are just loaded with overabundance and Mm -hmm. and so people not only can can they not see god or they choose not to see god they um don't want god yes they just rather have the materialistic you know fat life as you uh Mm -hmm. have emphasized so Mm -hmm. and you know when we refer back to this passage in acts that i read earlier Mm -hmm. you know If there was anybody that knew how to, I mean, he abounded some, but it probably was abased a lot more, was the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. And that certainly was clear in this dungeon in Acts. I mean, this certainly wasn't even an American jail. This was, he was changed to other prisoners. It was cold. It was damp. There was no light. Um, you know, the, the feces of different people were probably laying around all over the place, Mm. smelled bad. There was, there was, so what came out of him and what came out of Silas was just this overwhelming sense of wanting to praise the Lord, Mm. even though they were in the darkest of circumstances, they're praising the Lord. And that made an impression Mm. upon the Philippian jailer. So then when Mm. the earthquake came and the jail Mm. cell shook, Mm. uh, the Philippian jailer already had a foundation. Yes. Or coming to know Christ. Yes. That's why I appreciate a ministry like yours, a ministry mm. like a prison ministry. And you're actively involved. You've been actively involved, involved uh, overseas, but even there locally, you know, you're sowing seed. And uh, mm-hmm. even though it's a, a whole different ball game than, say, mm-hmm. what you were exposed to in Kenya and in other places around the world,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, it's encouraging to hear that you're sowing seed there. I mean, it's where you are. It's where you live. God's mm. called you to prison ministry. So you've mm. gotten involved there. Mm. So, um, you know, I have read in a book not that long ago, a book called mm. Hang On, Let Go by Frank Biola, lose your attachment to the choices of others. And mm. that's a very freeing and liberating statement. Sure. And so uh, the fact that you've stayed at it for five mm. years or really mm. more than that mm. um, in, is an, a big indicator that you have yeah. lost your attachment to the choices of others, whether if it be yeah. other prisoners or other people even that are in the free world, uh, you know, that you've had a chance to share the gospel with. I got mm. one more question for you, Tom, okay. we'll make yes. this show a wrap here today. Yeah. Okay. Um, Where do you see the future of prison ministry? Uh, do you see it more bending towards folding, or do you see it opportunities for it to thrive more?
1: Well, all right. I think that uh, I'd have to go with the thriving. I have to tell you that um, your analogy of uh, sowing seeds and um, preparing and cultivating the soil is our job. That's what God calls us to do. And he, he will be the, uh, the, the bearer of the fruit. Uh, And so um, expressing to others uh, my desire to be in the prisons. uh, And this is a, a ministry that most people don't think about and they can't even imagine trying to do it. But when they hear that, um, I just had, uh, two young folks just say, you know, the, the, Lord's calling me. One's a, one's a police officer. The Lord's calling me to prison ministry. I know you're involved. How can I be part of that? And, um, so I'm going to take, uh, one to the King County jail, another one to uh, Madagascar when I go in September.
0: Oh, wow. So, so, so you're getting around once again. Yeah. Way to, lo- way to uh, load up on those frequent flyer miles. anyway. Right?
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> so, well, Tom, I appreciate you coming on yeah. uh, the Keeping It Real podcast again today. Um, jail is not the end. And I think you, that was um, emphasized uh, quite clearly in multiple ways in this episode of the podcast. And probably none the more clearly when you mention how they don't see waiting to get out as their ultimate freedom they are already free Mm. and um that supports the scripture in second corinthians where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom or liberty so Mm. thanks for coming on we'll have to do this up again sometime thanks oliver yep we'll talk to you soon and uh want to encourage listening audience to check out kirradio.com where you can get a hold of all the previous episodes. Again, all the episodes build off of one another. We'll be coming back out at one again in two weeks.